0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the New York Her podcast presented by Visa. I'm your host, Olivia Landis. Another week, and this week we have another special guest. I'm very excited to bring in Sarah Kustock, who is an NBA analyst for Yes Network. She's also a Fox Sports reporter, and you can catch her on CBS Sports. We need to talk. Very accomplished individual. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. Olivia, thanks for having me. I feel honored. Sarah, honestly, I feel honored. And as a matter of fact, I would love to start off the show by bringing to attention how much of a boss woman you are. Back in 2017, you made history. You became the NBA's first full-time female analyst. I would love to know, how did your career bring you to that point?
1: yeah it's um it, it's amazing to think that I don't know if it feels like it was only twenty seventeen or that it it's been that long um because it truly has been. I think there's a lot of cliches and things we say that are tossed around, but it really uh, was a dream cup true. I grew up I grew up playing sports, but specifically had played basketball in college at Paul. I was a um a coach basketball for a while, and it really has been my first love. so to be able to come full circle in in many regards. A lot of what I did early on in my career as an analyst, whether it was high school games or college games, um, calling women's college games, WNBA games, to be able to come full circle and um, sit sit on court sides, sit on the sidelines, calling NBA games has been tremendous. And I think, you know, I can't go on to talk about it without So many of those and I see examples of this in the industry, um, but that have come before us If Doris Burke wasn't doing what she was doing if Ann Myers Drysdale didn't do um, the things that she had done and and so many others, not just in the world of the NBA more basketball, but I look at others in different sports and different professions um, really becoming the first and breaking barriers. Uh, Without them and without their huge successes, I, I know I wouldn't have had the opportunity I had. And I think you know, for that reason, there's just a a great amount of appreciation, gratitude, um, and also responsibility um, to make sure you understand how important it is um, to put in the work, do the job you do for the next generation, for everyone else to be afforded those same opportunities that I was so lucky to have.
0: The great thing that I've really recognized throughout this podcast is every time I speak to another woman, we talk about There have been firsts in this industry and the history and how other women have carved the paths for more and more of us to come. What were some of the challenges that you discovered that came along with that? Because first and foremost, it is a little tough sometimes being a woman in this industry, but to have such a prominent role in the broadcast, what are some of the challenges?
1: Um, I think I I will say this, and Olivia, I'm sure you can attest to this, I'm sure anyone in the television industry, and really for any profession, for that matter, uh, there's always challenges, and we face that in all aspects of life. And I think in knowing that and understanding that and even challenges I had early on or as an athlete or so many things we draw from in our life, I think help you to accept that and understand that the beauty of challenges is that they allow you to grow and you will never get better, you will never improve without having so many of those hurdles that you cross. And I will say, I think just in general, anytime you're in a new role, the consistency of doing it, um, I, I would shudder. I probably still shudder going back and watching some of those early early games or you know, studying some of the film that you're doing and, and think about the things you missed or should have said this or critiquing yourself. Uh, I, I will certainly be the first to say that I'm my own toughest critic. But with that being said, I think through, um, those challenges just within the job and within the role and you know, systematically looking at different things, I will say I cannot go on enough about those that I was surrounded by. And my colleagues, Ian Eagle and Ryan Rucco, um, who call play by play and just how incredible they are, Michael Grady, who does our sideline reporting, Frank De Grace, our producer. Um, the list goes on. Um, when you are surrounded by such extraordinary teammates, it certainly helps to fill some of those gaps um, when you're you're coming along and when you're new in this in this role or in different positions in the business. So I, I will say. The list of challenges, Olivia, I don't think we have enough time to go through. But because of that, um, you know, the appreciation for that and even the organization, I know you know this covering, um, you know, the the Jets and just how great it is, the people you're around, the players, um, you know, everything top to bottom within the course of an organization when those people believe in you and they are supportive of you you and they are willing to help you at every turn um, to improve because you have a willingness to take criticism and take the critique and use it to get better uh, that makes all the difference in the world
0: it really does I I can also attest to that I think that's so true people who you who you are surrounded by whether it's within the organization players coaches you know I've talked to so many women about I've talked to Amy Trask about it I talked to Laura Oakman about it we talked about relationships and how important relationships are to the industry and to your growth as an individual especially a woman in this industry I kind of want to take it back a little bit though Sarah I'm curious You growing up playing basketball, you mentioned you you played basketball at DePaul University. You got a scholarship to go play there. Did that have an impact on your decision to continue your career in basketball professionally?
1: Yes, uh, 100%. Yes, and the thing about when, especially when I talk to friends or family that you know h- have been around since I-, I was just a basketball player in college or growing up, uh, they will tell you that uh, being on television and broadcasting was probably the last thing they would have imagined my, <laughs> imagine me doing. I the last thing I would have imagined. Yeah. I thought I was going to be in business or accounting or finance. Really? Um, this was not this was not necessarily for so many people that are in the industry and know since they are a kid that this is their goal and this is their dream job. That was not me. I was someone who just had such a enormous passion and love for sports. And I was in grad school. I ended up getting my master's in corporate multicultural communication at DePaul. Um, But while I was finishing up grad school, the i had an opportunity to be a production runner um for espn for the big 10 football games i was in chicago and um it was easy to get to some of those big 10 schools and the first time that i saw the way a production happened and a show happened um surrounding a game and the production truck and just the magic and the adrenaline rush that you get as an athlete but it also in some ways was comparable being live on tv i was like that this is it, this is where I need to be um, because of that ability to be around sports. And I think even to this day, there's not a second that I take for granted just the opportunity to be able to be around sports, be inspired by these teams, by these athletes, by these individuals uh, that are pouring their heart and souls into what they do on a daily basis. And so, you know, for that reason, I think just that draw and the ability not only to use, you know, when it comes down to actually X's and O's and what's happening on the floor and the film study and things like that from the game of basketball, but just the true, the true love of the purity of the game and Mm -hmm. what it is and what it's meant to me um, has been such an integral part uh, to what I do and what I've I've been doing since starting this career.
0: How did it? start too because you like we, we talked about it a little bit before before we came on air but your main role is an NBA analyst now you serve many different hats you report on the NFL you work for a couple of different networks but how did it first begin in your career where you started on camera what was that first opportunity that you got?
1: The very first opportunity I got, which is funny because as you know, so often we are telling the stories to others about Mm -hmm. how we got to the point we're at in our career. And mine is the most winding path, one that I can never even keep straight. And it's hard to put into a box and and somewhat compartmentalize how it all happens because there was so many uh, twists and turns and different different roles and different opportunities along the way. But the very first opportunity that I had and and experienced that was doing a women's college basketball game. Um, it was, I, it was at the pole South Florida game. I think it was on Fox sports net in in one of the stations. So they used me as an analyst. So actually my, my first role on television, um, was the concept of being an analyst, having been a former player, uh, and, and it was extraordinary. And from that, it led to a few more opportunities, um, calling some high school games and, uh, born and raised in Chicago and grew up around Chicago. So, the Illinois high school state championships and, Um, From that, it led a a few different directions, a few different ways, uh, opened up to some more sports, And throughout that time started uh, covering not only different sports, but different roles and different positions within it. Uh, But that was that was the first taste of television for me in front of the camera. And I think that also is is what made me fall in love with it so much, because Mm -hmm. it was essentially sitting, you know, sitting on the sideline um, and you couldn't play. The, The shoes were hung up and the eligibility was up. Um, but it was an opportunity just to to watch and talk basketball, which at the core is what I love most.
0: Well, speaking of basketball, I actually read a report on, I believe it was from Bleach Report, I don't want to misspeak, but I read a report on how n- nobody should ever challenge you to a one-on-one, especially <laughs> in front of the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, if somebody does, well, first of all, do you get that a lot still? Do people try and challenge you one-on-one? that's funny yeah
1: <laughs> maybe not as much anymore I don't know uh yeah, yeah. that happened a lot I mean I think Early on. Also, I think, um, you know, it. when I when I was working in Chicago and I was covering uh, many of the Chicago teams, the Bears, uh, the Blackhawks, Cubs, Sox, and also the Bulls, we would during season, um, whether it was some of the assistant coaches or whoever, um, some of those that worked at the United Center, we'd, we'd have some pickup games um, throughout the course of the day. So we would be playing a lot. So, play, so I So I feel like throughout, you know, different different parts of my career that's always a hey i think i could beat you one-on-one and then <laughs> yes here here in new york we got here with the nets and um i'm not gonna i, I feel bad bringing it up and so we're gonna skip over the name and exactly yeah. what unfolded i think you still can find but kevin garnett was the instigator in all of this because i believe it was talked about and then after a net shoot around can't even remember where we at we were somewhere on the road KG orchestrated in front of the team and in front of everyone this this little one-on-one game so Um, Yeah, that's that's as much as I'll say. I did win, but I wasn't I'm not a trash talker. I'm not someone to uh, I I just let it all go. But but that's all in in good fun. And I think that's what you appreciate most. And I think we all find this, especially those we're traveling with. And I know times are different currently. Um, But whether it's the beat writers, whether it's, you know, others that cover the team, it's fun. It's the camaraderie of the ability to be around the game and be around sports and be around these teams that I think we all really grab.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's still, it's sports. It's still sports because it's funny you said oftentimes you guys would play pickup games while on the road and covering different teams. Sometimes I'll even play basketball with a couple of coworkers here after work. Not, not as much anymore, like you said, because we're in um, COVID times, which are unfortunate. So we haven't done it in quite a long time, but we used to do it too last year. It's, it's part of it, you know, just having that camaraderie, the sports playing the sport being able to just have that bond with with some of your coworkers. so we, we've done it here too we are also guilty i of love this. it
1: i love it i love it i'm asking for once once we're all able to be together i'm asking for an invite on one of those
0: oh absolutely <laughs> i want to touch quickly on the show we need to talk with cbs sports yeah. love it the first nationally televised yeah. all-female talk show it is year-round now Can you just discuss a little bit about what that show embodies and why it's so important on that type of platform?
1: I can't say enough, um, not only about the show itself, but I think just the construct behind it and the individuals. um, First of all, you see on it, and you mentioned that you've had Amy Trask on. It is extraordinary lineup of um, just women from all different, Areas, phases, accomplishments um, that are able to come together. I am so humbled to be a part of this group. And I mean that from my heart because the most recent show I was just on, I mean, think about the fact that I'm. You know, getting to sit across in the studio from Dana Jacobson, um, who is someone I have admired her work um, for years and years, Swin Cash, Lisa Leslie. These are people that, you know, are just um, the cream of the crop in in what they've been able to do and accomplish and still are doing, um, whether professionally or personally or the give back today. And then those behind the scenes, the producers, the directors, um, those amongst the crew and the true minds behind all of it is just something that's special and you feel it you feel it in the meetings you feel it when you're on air uh, and a lot of it too is just giving the the platform and the opportunity um for all of us as females to have a voice and our perspective mm-hmm. on things and i think you know through all of it it's it's not only the the female perspective and in us having our take on a variety of different topics and, um, you know, all sports related, but just how we look at things, how we perceive things, how we can all perceive things in different matters, uh, but also to just the different backgrounds we each personally have. And I think for those reasons, it is unique and it is um, been something that, again, I just, um, I can't say enough about in its entirety, the group of women um, in CBS Sports for giving this platform um, and allowing this ability to really make sure that the things um, that are being put together on a monthly basis, um, or even more so, are something that, that can be heard and can be seen.
0: It's a huge step in television, especially national television. I'm curious, what, is, yeah. what are some of the, the comments or feedback that you've heard or received from viewers, colleagues, I'd, I'd really love to know because it's it is now a show that is in prime time, which again, it's a huge step. It's the first time ever that an all female talk show is so prominent in prime time. It's year round now. I absolutely love it. Like you said, diverse backgrounds. Everybody has come from a different type of um, work and everything. Yeah. So I love it. What is some yeah. of the feedback you've got?
1: Yeah, well, I think, well, I'll say this um, in terms of the feedback. And I think there there's such a variety as there always is in television and um, the sub- subjective nature about things. I-, I think the beauty of it is it's the constant discussion and dialogue of, okay, mm-hmm. how can we improve and what were certain things that we could do um, to try and make things even better. And then there's so much effort that goes into that, just the continued look to improve, um, whether it's topics we're talking about, how we cover them, guests, um, you know, I'm mentioning those that are hosts, I mean, the guests that have been so generous with their time to be able to come on um, and talk about what's happening And that's, you know, current players, current coaches, um, you know, former, whatever it may be, those in different roles. um, There's been just some really um, just really extraordinary people that have been able to come on and, and allow us to really shed light on their stories or on their path or what's happening currently and with that being said, too, you know the concept of we were able to visit Indiana University. Um, the the college tours have have held up just as everything has during these times of COVID, but. I imagine we'll pick up at being able to be on a college campus and so we were there um, where so many students uh, helped in and pitched in and whether they were running cameras or back in the control room or different aspects of the show being able to have firsthand uh, experience of taking part in this uh, live studio audience we were able to meet talk to get opinions and thoughts and um, hear from them what they thought. So I think for all of those reasons it's just with anything in this business as we know it's the idea Idea that um, no matter how good you feel like your product may be it's always about thinking how can we improve this how can we make it even better and that for that I, I'm most proud and most thankful um, for the concept and for the people behind the show just the continued push um, to keep improving it
0: yeah Sarah do you think that this show could be a possible foundation or a stepping stone for even more all-female broadcast shows in the future
1: I, I hope so, and I I don't think it should necessarily just be limited to that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's the idea of having different voices and mm-hmm. seeing different you know different opinions and having different views, and that's where I think you get the best of broadcasts or you get the best of shows um, is when you're seeing a variety of opinions. Because as we all know, whether it's listeners, whether it's viewers, whoever it may be, there is a diverse you know. Um, set of individuals that may be tuning in and they want to hear different opinions, different sides um, and do so in a manner where you are, are intellectually, um, you know, giving your thoughts, giving your opinions and being respectful if others may have a different opinion. And so I think for that reason, you know, whether it's all female. Um, It's not just though I think sometimes about being all female, it's how can we make things as diverse as possible to allow um, just an open-mindedness to what we're hearing, what we're seeing and what we're able to really try and
0: think about. That's such a great point too. When you said the best broadcast is made up of the most diverse opinions, the most diverse backgrounds. I think that's so true because when you think about an audience, an audience is all over the place. It's people from yeah. different areas, different backgrounds, they have different jobs. It's very, very diverse. So, I, I definitely agree with that. I think the best broadcast and the best TV or product comes from diverse opinions and people, which is a wonderful thing to have, especially on that show. We need to talk. We've seen so many wonderful mm-hmm. women uh, come on that show and share their opinions. So um very very exciting I think for yeah. you know just just for women in general and and just people in general to be able to see so many different opinions I agree I agree and it's been fun it's uh, for all of us That's we have such a important. blast doing it because for as <laughs> much as
1: as the good stuff is on the air also off the air when we get to just sit and catch up and you know really yeah. um really dig into things and be together and then bounce ideas and, and thoughts off one another
0: so sarah i have to ask before i let you go you've done so many things already in your broadcast career is there anything else left that you hope to accomplish you've already made history which is a pretty big deal (laughs) your name's going to go down in the history books but is there anything left that you'd love to accomplish
1: um i i'll say this olivia i always feel like there's both a million things left but also in the same in the same vein um As I said, I am so grateful and I really mean this. It's not just saying it to say it. I'm so grateful for the opportunities I have and I enjoy them and I relish them and I appreciate them when I'm getting to do it. And I am so happy in what I'm doing and in my profession um, and in my career and especially for the people that I'm surrounded by. And that's not always something that you could say in, in different stops or different points or different parts of your career. So I hope above all else, um, I hope I have the, the same challenges, um, the same, you know, the same happiness, the same joy, and the same drive uh, that I feel now on, yeah, on a daily basis. And I have, if I have that, then, then I have everything I need.
0: What would be your one piece of advice if you could give it to younger broadcasters coming up? I, I remember when I was back in college. Oh, my goodness. I was that annoying college kid. I was that annoying college kid that was always reaching out, always asking people a billion questions, um, always loving people like you who were always so willing to share their piece of advice. What would be yours?
1: That's a great question, because I think sometimes when you think about vice and for one thing, you would never be annoying. That's the way (laughs) that's the way you'll get to where you want to go and find the success when you're able to to pick the brains of people um, who have maybe been in the shoes that you want to be in or walk the path that you want to be in. Um, I'll say two things. One, I'll say be you. And that's what I always say, be you, be yourself. No one for as much as I think it's so great to watch other people um, respect, admire, be inspired by different individuals that are doing what you want to do or see what you want to do. No one can be a better you than you. Mm -hmm. And what people want to see is a genuineness and authenticness. Um, Be able to think that they're watching a game, watching a broadcast, whatever it is. With their friend and with someone that they know, and so the the best way to do that is just be true to yourself and and be as authentic as possible. Um, and the second thing I'll say is, do not let outside criticism. I we know especially now with social media, the age of Twitter and whatever it may be. Um, everyone has a thought, everyone has an opinion, and not everyone is going to like you. That's a part of the business. That's a part of anything. Um, and so it's easy to say have a thick skin, but I have always looked at at the end of the day, whether people like me or dislike me. Um, as a, a broadcaster, it's about who, who you are as a person and who you are off the camera, who you are. And if you're good with that, if you live life the way you want um, to live, you're the person you want to be, the way you treat people, the way you treat people on your crew, around you, you work with, um, but also in your everyday life. Um, that, to me, is always the utmost important and if you could be good with that um, then you should be okay with doing your best trying your best and being the very best you can be on air because you're always going to make mistakes you're never going to be perfect and you are always going to have people um, that may not be fans of yours Um, but it's who you are and who you are as an individual Um, and I just would always always emphasize and implore Um, anyone in this business or just remember that. um, Remember that. And, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride because there's
0: ups and downs. And even the downs, there's a lot to learn from. definitely very much. So a lot to learn from the downs, but that's the good (laughs) part about it. It makes you appreciate the ups. Incredible advice, really incredible advice. And it's applicable to more than just broadcast too. That's, yeah. pretty much everyday advice right there
1: <laughs> with all things with all things just it's yeah. a
0: part of your story and yep. and that's uh that's
1: what makes it all special so you gotta appreciate it
0: Sarah Kustak I cannot thank you enough for your time you were absolutely wonderful another episode of the New York Her podcast thank you so much Olivia thank you for having me really I'm honored so keep grinding girl I'm proud of you Another episode of the New York Yorker podcast presented by Visa is officially in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Cannot thank my guest, Sarah Kustak, enough. Love my guests each and every week. Go support her. If you have not already, go listen to some of her TV shows, her broadcasts. She's an extremely accomplished individual. We already talked about it a little bit. And go support the podcast. Subscribe, share, wherever you can and will listen to. Thank you guys for tuning in to another week.